Welcome to Wiffle's Press Box Podcast, where we discuss the latest topics in the professional world of sports. Enjoy our exclusive interviews with athletes, coaches, insiders, and fans. And now, here's your host, Gary Wiffle. Jordan Love's star is rising by the game. Just in its first season as a full-time starter, the Packers' young quarterback has steadily improved. In the last three games, all Packer wins. Love has thrown eight touchdown passes and no interceptions. Love has clearly shown he can play at a high level, but can he play at a Super Bowl level? Hello, thanks for joining Rob Reichel and I for what should be another action-packed Packers podcast. Hello, Rob. I like that one. You're mixing it up these days, buddy. Good job. We will try to provide as much action and pack it as tight as possible. <laughs> well, there's certainly uh, plenty of things to talk about. And uh, you were at the game last Sunday. I was at the game and uh, you were in a different capacity as a reporter. I was there as a spectator. And uh, somehow both of us survived. It was a long night for you writing. It was a long game for me putting up with some drunks. <laughs> <laughs> but But it was a hell of a game, nevertheless. You know, Gary, I, I said this uh, to some people leaving that night. It's you know, it's one thing to beat a, a a really good Chargers team because any close game, the opponent beats that Chargers team, right? It, yeah. It's one thing to beat the Detroit Lions because until proven otherwise to me, Gary, they're still the Lions. Let's see them close this thing out and win the division, and let's see them win a playoff game before we we anoint them anything, right? I mean, they they are still in. Till proven otherwise, the Lions. But Gary, when you beat the best team in the world, and until proven otherwise, that's what these Kansas City Chiefs are. Until, I mean, when you beat the best player in the world, and to me, it's undoubtedly Patrick Mahomes, who even has this team in, you know, in the hunt for a number one seed in the AFC with some of those pass catchers that he's throwing to right now, uh, Gary. It is an entirely different animal. And I was a huge fan of this team growing up and through the 90s. And I was at some games, Gary, that were absolutely memorable. The Carolina NFC title game in yeah. in 96 into early 97. As, as they rose to greatness, Gary, they had big wins through there against Tampa and Minnesota and things like that that, that I vividly remember. Even Dallas in, in 98. Uh, 97, the year after the Super Bowl, when that when they blew out Dallas was a remarkable game, Gary, and that and that and Lambeau Field was nuts at those points in time. And you can probably expound on this a little bit more than me, but I'll, I'll just say this: when the game ends, I've got about oh a ten minute walk, maybe on a catwalk from from the press box to the locker room. Uh, ten for me, Gary, because I'm old and slow. Um, but uh, we have. You know, you it it's open air, so you can you can see down to all the fans leaving. You can see outside. Oh, that's open air there. Think. I didn't realize that. It, it's okay. etc. Right, you are not you know on that on that catwalk. You can you can kind of see down into the you know into the yes. uh, you know corridor of Lambeau Field. Everything that's going on, and 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 Gary the 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 place was just electric to watch. You know, eighty thousand people exit chanting "Go Pack Go." Just the night itself, Gary was was electric for this young football team to to lead from start to finish, uh, to really come up huge at critical moments in that football game. 
let, let's be honest, Gary, to watch Jordan Love outplay Patrick Mahomes was absolutely remarkable. I would I would call it you know, a landmark, a signature, uh, a crowning moment right now for, for this football team. There's obviously a lot more to go here. They're only two-thirds of the way through the regular season and the way it looks, Gary, we're headed toward postseason football uh, with, with the 2023 green Bay Packers, which is a remarkable thing to say. Uh, but Gary, I, I thought that win the other night was the biggest win of the Matt LaFleur regular season era. Mm. Um, I think it's a game you're going to look back on and say it was a turning point for this young football team. Again, nice wins in the last couple weeks against the Chargers and the lions kudos to them for that. When you beat the defending world champs and the best player on the planet, Gary, that's a whole nother stratosphere. Oh, well said. Well said. Let, let's talk about Jordan Love. He is the talk of title town right now. And Rob, as you well know, he came in to the season with just humongous expectations put on him. And, uh, you know, when you follow in the footsteps of a legend, that's going to happen. And, uh, He's had some ebbs and flows to his game through the first, whatever it was, 12, 13 games. But in the last three weeks, he has really gotten his act together. And as I noted in the uh, the intro to the uh, podcast, I mean, eight touchdowns, no interceptions. I mean, that's at an elite level. And uh, he, he's handled the transition, I believe, remarkably well. Yeah, Gary, and if you even go back to the second half of the Rams game a little over a month ago, you remember he, he he wasn't great the first half of that game, but I think he had a perfect passer rating, if I remember right, in the second half of that game. Then they went to Pittsburgh, Gary, and his, his overall quarterback rating that day doesn't look great. It wound up at about 70, but you and I have had this conversation on, on the podcast before. You remember, he threw two interceptions in that game in the last three minutes when he was trying to rally that team and win win the game, including one in the final second, the final play of the game, Gary, where he threw into an eight man exactly you know, yeah. defensive front on the goal line. So, right. you know, th- those numbers there are obviously skewed. I think the last month plus Gary, he has played unbelievably uh, outstanding football. And, you know, he, he started strong, had some hiccups in the middle, I think, as defensive coordinators adjusted to him. And I'm not sure Matt LaFleur fully adjusted back. Uh, but it was also, you know, Matt needed to see, too, the growth of some of these wide receivers who we're seeing grow up in front of in front of our own eyes, Gary. Um, but it, it's funny. I was talking to Josh Myers after the game, Gary, who's, who's one of my favorite guys in, the, in that locker room to talk to because he's really smart and he's insightful. And, and Gary, we were talking a little bit about just the NFC quarterbacks. And, and, and this is kind of where I got the idea for what we're going to do here a little bit later in the show. Uh, but we were just talking about, you know, if love's got a chance for the pro bowl right now. And, um, and, and Myers said, well, he said, I think he does undoubtedly, but I don't want to put that kind of pressure on him. And then all of a sudden Myers paused for a second, Gary. And he goes, ah, F it. He goes, Jordan's got so much pressure the way it is. And look how he's handled it. He goes, he's handled it unbelievably well, right? If I if I say he should go to the Pro Bowl, that's not gonna matter one way or the other. And then he gave me some nice answer, right? About love going love going to the, the Pro Bowl. But I thought it was kind of a funny, 
funny yeah. comment where he paused midstream and he said, F it. This, this guy's got so much pressure on him from the get go this year and look what he's doing with it. Right. I mean, Gary, it's Gary. It's unbelievable. Now you add it all up. He's up to 22 touchdowns, which I think is fifth in the, in the entire NFL. He's had 10 interceptions, which isn't a bad number through 12 games, right? It's, 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 what would it be? 0.83 per game. Um, his passer rating is not over 90 Gary for the first time in quite a while. Again, he started out strong and then he, and then he dipped down into the low eighties. Well, he's back up to 90.2 Gary on, on the passer rating. Gary, if we, I'm going to bounce something off you, which is fascinating. Okay. If like, you got plenty of area to bounce it off. I, I put on a few <laughs> pounds. <laughs> well, Gary, sadly, so have I. That, that's the cost of aging, I guess. So, Gary, if we play out the whole season, Jordan Love's going to throw for – and he continues his current pace, and I actually think he'll exceed his current pace because we all know what the last five games of the schedule look like. They're not overly yeah. daunting. But he's on pace, Gary, to throw for 4,060 yards. In Aaron's first year as a starter in 08, Aaron Rodgers, he threw for 4038. Love would come out at 4060. So plus 22. I mean, which is which is wild. Uh Love is on pace, Gary, to complete about 61.5% of his passes. Again, I think that's gonna jump here over the over the next month when they play five straight non-playoff teams. I guess Minnesota's a playoff team right now, but I'd be surprised if Minnesota ends up in the playoffs, Gary. I think we're going to look back and say the last five games of the year came against teams that wound up missing the postseason. Uh, so here we go. Love 61.5% Gary right now on a completion percentage. And we know he was in the 50s for a good chunk of the year, so he's bringing that number up big time again in, in the last four or five games. Aaron's first year, Gary, 63.5, so real comparable and if you play love out for the whole season, Gary, 31 touchdowns, 14 interceptions is the pace he is on. Aaron's first year was 28 and 13. So again, yeah. numbers that are incredibly close, incredibly comparable. But here might be the biggest kicker, Gary. Jordan Love could take a team to the playoffs. And Aaron Rodgers' first year, they went 6 and 10. So everything Jordan Love is doing, Gary, um, I think is exceeding expectations. You know, I four years ago, Gary, I I predicted they were going to draft this guy, so I kind of almost out of a bullheaded and stubbornness pattern, uh, which my wife will clearly attest to, and my children, <laughs> I stuck with them, Gary, during bad times and that that first year or two when everyone said this was a bust, they should have taken T Higgins, they should have done this, they should have done that. Hey, Gary, the evidence was not there in year one. Uh, now, again, it was the COVID year, and it was a really strange NFL season, but the evidence was not there in year one that this was going to work out. Year two, he made minor strides. By last year, though, it was apparent he had a chance. But, Gary, he's exceeding expectations right now. And, um, boy, he's he's playing his way, Gary, into a monster, monster, monster payday when we hit this next offseason. Yeah, you're you're absolutely correct. You know, Rob, the the numbers are are gaudy. What he's done the last three weeks, even even the last five. I mean, if you go over the last five games, he's only thrown one interception in the last five games. I mean, that's that's it, an elite level. But the thing that impressed me with Jordan Love from game one all the way through was his demeanor. He, he's just got an incredible disposition. We've seen enough of Rodgers over the years where he got rattled in certain situations. Brett Farr was like a nutcase. He didn't know what he was going to do. 
Uh, this, this guy is really, really level-headed. I mean, he, he's very, you know, like I said, composed. The last Packard quarterback I saw that was any good anyways that and and was that composed with Bart Starr. And uh, I, I, I just don't see that changing. I, I, he's just a steady Eddie. Yeah, that 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 right there is some pretty crazy high praise. But but you're right. I, I mean, Brett was a little bit like a heart attack. Yeah, he didn't know what the hell was gonna. <laughs> right, but the, the the thing the thing that made Brett obviously a dramatically better leader than Aaron is Brett would never beat up or get on his own teammates, um, and certainly he would never do it in the media the way Aaron did. You know, Aaron showed guys up on the field all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was really hard for a lot of people to play with. And, you know, obviously I won't give you names, but a million of them off the record through the years expressed their frustrations with that to me, you know, in, in quiet confidence in a locker room and stuff like that, Gary, but you know, they could never, they could never put that on the record because, you know, they knew you never wanted to upset King Aaron or you might not, not see the ball again. Um, Obviously a remarkable talent. One of the, you know, one of the top probably 20 or 25 quarterbacks in the, in the history of the league Rogers was, but Gary, he wasn't easy to play for. You're exactly right on Jordan love. You never know if Gary, if you put on that game, uh, any game and it was 1960 again, and we didn't have all these graphics and, 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 and all this craziness that they, the ticker on the bottom, right. And, and the timeout chart and, and everything that, that indicated to you, Gary, what was happening inside a football game. And it was just plain screen. Like it was back in 1960 with Lombardi and star, you would have no idea watching for six plays, let's say 10 plays. If green Bay was up 14 or down 14, the way Jordan love plays football. He is just that, like you said, steady Eddie along the way. There are there are no enormous peaks. There are no enormous valleys. And that's been a huge reason, I think, Gary, with this young team that it's gone as well as it has. Now, they've got work to do. They're only six and six. I mean, as, as much as we want to sit here and, and sing their praises, Gary, they dug themselves a pretty big hole that they're trying to climb back out of. But when we did this podcast, Gary, a month ago, we were talking about a group potentially playing for the number one, uh, the number yeah. one draft. Pick. I yeah. mean, you remember that? And and there was a show, I think where you brought up playoffs and, and I did the whole Jim Mora thing to you and la- and we both laughed and, you know, we, we talked about how remarkably inconceivable and, and, and far-fetched and unfathomable that, that that would all be. And here they are, Gary, and probably going to win double digit games when this is all said and done. And I'm with you, Gary loves approach to everything. Love everybody in that building, Gary, and I, and I see it too. Just to, you know, even in his interaction with teammates and on a practice field and things like that. Just on the day to day basis, Gary, in terms of you know every day that Love's just going to be that. You know, on a one to ten, Gary, he's a six right down the middle, right? You know, yeah, just that, yeah. that's where his demeanor is. There's no, oh, is Jordan depressed? Oh, it's a zero day, right? Is is did did Jordan win the lottery? It's a ten day, right, Gary? people didn't know what they were getting with Aaron Rodgers day to day. And it wasn't just Sundays. It, it was Monday to Saturday too. And those guys are, those guys are really hard football players uh, to play with. I, I, I remember an ex Packer Gary telling me one time, if they could have only had Wayne Simmons on Sunday, Wayne Simmons <laughs> would have been a 12 year green Bay pack. Right. But it was Monday to Saturday, Gary, 
where he you just did Wayne was a heart attack and probably on the worse end more than the better end of that heart attack. There were way more valleys than peaks to, you know, to the point where he annoyed and alienated so many people in that locker room. And eventually Ron Wolf had to get rid of a really good football player, Gary, because let's be honest, he was a pain in the ass from Monday to Saturday. And, and as good as he was on Sunday, beating the hell out of Brent Jones and the San Francisco 49ers in the NFC divisional playoffs in 95, you could not keep Wayne Simmons on your football team. And there's guys like that all over the league. At the at, at the top of the food chain, Gary, when you have a leader like Jordan Love who's going to be this steady, it bodes remarkably well. And I, I think you hit a, a great point right there bringing that up. I think Love's demeanor is as big of a reason for anything that this team is hot right now. They've won four out of five, and they've vaulted themselves back into the playoffs. Yeah, you know, uh, I, I did see him deviating from his normal pattern, though, towards the end of that game. And he got a little excited. He got a little fired up. And uh, you know how Aaron Rodgers would just sit on the bench once he came off the field. He talked to, you know, an, a, another quarterback or a, an assistant coach or whatever. Or maybe was on the sideline. And he was waving his arms up and down, you know, yep. impl- imploring the crowd to get into it. Yeah, you you could tell, you know, he, he bottles his emotions up very well during the game and, it, and even off the field. But that moment, you could tell was special for that young man. Gary, there was a lot that went wrong the first two months of the year, right? Young Absolutely. Receivers, young receivers being in the wrong position, guys running the wrong routes. You, you could even see Love five, six, eight, ten times a game pointing at guys where to be. That was a tough spot that he got thrown into right from the get-go. Again, we, we, we've we hit on this many times in the podcast. He was not given a veteran cast. He, he was not given... Greg Jennings and Donald Driver and Jordy Nelson and yeah. James like Aaron Rodgers was 15 years ago. He was giving guys where the quote the you know where where the the guys who were quote unquote veterans were Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs who had a combined 82 catches between them coming into the regular season about 40 apiece. Gary, you know, so he was playing with the youngest group of pass catchers um, in football. Not once, Gary, when guys screwed up, did he call anybody out. Not once did he, you know, throw a tantrum on the field, have any kind of crazy antics that let everybody at Fox and and the 100 million viewers at home know that, hey, right there, that was Luke Musgrave's fault, right? Or right there, um, you know, that was Jaden Reed's fault or something like that. You would have, You would not have had a clue. And And that, to me, is the sign of an outstanding leader, Gary, he would get to the podium at the end of football games, losses, whatever, right, to Atlanta, to Vegas, to Denver, close games. And, Gary, he put that on himself, not anybody else. He didn't throw Watson under the bus, for example, after that game against the Raiders where Christian Watson didn't fight hard enough for that football game where they could have won on that on that particular day. I just – we'll see long-term – there's only a handful of guys in the history of this league, right? A remarkably low percentage of quarterbacks that have gone on and won Super Bowls. The playoffs are a completely different animal. We we know that, you know, great quarterbacks go 500 in the playoffs. And, and, and a lot of times you're, you're thrilled with that number because it's so ridiculously hard to win when we get to the postseason. But Gary, everything we've seen here through his first 12 starts in year one as a starter indicate to you and me, I think, that he's the answer long-term, whether he can slay a Jalen Hurts or a, 
a Dak Prescott or, you know, eventually a Mahomes or a Josh Allen or a Burrow or somebody like that in the postseason. We'll find that out here, I think, over the next few years. But I think we've gotten the answer that Green Bay has its next quarterback, and this is the guy you want to live and die with over the next five, six, seven, eight, ten years. Yeah, precisely. You know, uh, you kind of beat me to the punch. Are there any love doubters out there anymore? I mean, are there? Have you heard of anybody that said, "Hey, this guy can't play"? That they have reservations, you know? Still, well, Gary, I won't name names, but there are there are a few media members I think that did that were big Aaron guys, and you can connect that, that, that. That's ridiculous. You know what I mean? That, that insisted that moving on from Aaron was not smart and was not the right move. Ah. And, and I'm not telling you, Gary, they want to see this kid fail, but they're the last ones who are going to jump on that bandwagon. And they might say something to the effect of let's see it for a full season or, you know, let's see next year when Aaron comes back, if that trade was smart or not, Gary, I mean, it, it's clear cut. The trade was smart. To me, the only question question that needs to be asked now is should have they moved on from Rodgers earlier? You know what? You and I could talk about that for hours. A simple answer is I'm I'm glad they didn't. You know, they they had so much invested in in Rodgers at the time. It it would have taken major, major gonads to pull that deal off at that time. Uh, you know, trading the MVP at that at that particular time, but yeah, that, that you know, in hindsight, who knows? Maybe they should have. You know, well, I'll say this, Gary. You know, Jordan Love was not ready to play in year two. Right, right. So, and 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 again, that was that would have been twenty twenty one. So that was the year where Rogers won an MVP again, and you know, and they were the one seed before losing to San Francisco. Now, the twenty twenty two season, you could you could argue, was that the time to move on because you also moved on from Devontae Adams, right? Do you Mm -hmm. cut bait with both Rodgers and Adams at the same point in time? You remember that was the offseason where they gave Rodgers the three-year $150.8 million contract extension, and they're paying the price for that today, Gary, with the dead cap money, obviously, that they have to burn with Aaron Rodgers. To to me, the real question maybe wasn't, do you move on from Aaron Rodgers, but why are you giving him a three-year contract extension? Um, you know, in the, in, in February, I think it was of, of what, 2022. Um, hey, we, we, we could probably split hairs forever. You know, was it a good move to get, you know, or, or was the, was the timing right of when to get rid of Aaron Rodgers? Gary, the, the, the bottom line is Gutekunst deserves credit for two things. Number one, having the stones to draft this kid in the first place when when Rodgers was still close to the peak of his powers. And then number two, with Rodgers coming off MVPs in two out of three years, he still traded his tail out of town, and he said, I'm going to go with the young kid who's never won an NFL game because I think that's where the future of this organization is. And right now, he's looking like a genius because Love is playing terrific football, and Rodgers brought all his buddies with him to New York who are – who are so far over the hill, Gary, they've even started to cut some of those players with the yeah, Jets. Yeah, that 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 didn't make any <laughs> sense. I I, I, t- I totally agree with you. I mean, they they obviously wanted to appease Rodgers and bring it in his guys, but that, that hasn't worked out as well. We're, we're going off, off topic here a little bit, but do you think there's any chance that the Packers could bring back uh, Adrian Amos? No. Not no. at all, huh? Nope, nope, nope. Gary, they're at a point now. I, I mean, you know this as well as anybody. Number one, it's a young man's league. Yeah. Um, 
and 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 Green Bay is proving that Gary through the through the course of the season with the youngest roster in football. And we said this all the way, Gary, back in August, September. It, it was a roster we anticipated would get better and better through the course of the season, and and that's exactly what they're doing. Yeah, I was talking with Elton Jenkins about that the other day, Gary. When you've got a veteran team in 2020, 2021, 2019, you, you've kind of hit your ceiling for the season by October, right? You got a bunch of 31-year-old guys that, in theory, aren't going to get dramatically better over the last month or two of the season, where a team like this, Gary, where everybody's 22 to 25, they're all going to keep getting better through the course of the season. And Jenkins was saying, God, this is so different and it's so exciting because we're 10 times better today, we being the Packers, obviously. I'm just using a a term Jenkins would have used. They're dramatically better than they were on September 1st. And Gary, they're going to be better on January 1st than they were on December 1st. And you couldn't make that case with a team three, four, five years ago that, that had so many veterans on it, but specifically Gary to Amos. I don't think so for a few reasons. Number one, Savage came back last week. I think he'll, he looked good. Played fine. He'll give him a lift here down the stretch. I, I agree. I think the emergence of Jonathan Owens has been a real positive for him. And Gary Rudy Ford's a good football player. He really is. They actually yeah. have better safety play and depth and more bodies there, I think, than anybody anticipated when the year began. There were huge question marks on Savage. You know, Owens was as poorly rated as any safety in football that played a lot of snaps last year. He played about a thousand snaps with with the Texans. And and Rudy Ford had never done it, Gary, really for an entire season. And Rudy Ford in his in his in his opportunities this year, would and he's played a ton of snaps, has been has been a really good football player. So Gary, I I think they have better safeties than they've had uh in the last year or two. So no, there there's no reason to turn back the clock, uh go back in time and 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 bring back a guy that, you know, a, a retread. Yeah, the the only reason I brought that up is the possibility is because I don't know where Savage is. I mean, it, it looks like he's healthy again, but it's been kind of hit and miss with him the last couple of years with health. And if they sustained another injury to one of those guys, you know, I'm on the same page with you. I think it's slim to none. Gary, I, Gary, I think they'd have to get absolutely obliterated uh, injury-wise at that position to do that. They'd have to lose two of those guys. Yeah, yeah. You're, you, no, I, I totally agree. Hey, uh, getting back to love, though, let's uh, play our little game here that uh, about uh, Jordan Love's present and his future uh, and, and rank them among the quarterbacks in, in both conferences. And uh, I put together my little list. I have eight quarterbacks in the AFC that I would take over him today, okay? Tua, Jackson, Mahomes, Trevor Lawrence, uh, Stroud, Joe Burrow, Allen, and Herbert. And, or, yeah. Okay, and then in the NFC, I had four. I had Hertz, Purdy, Prescott, and Murray. How does that uh, jive with yours? Are we in the ballpark? So that was just for the – you would take those 12 quarterbacks in the league today over Jordan Love. Yes. Uh-huh. It's interesting, Gary. I had Jordan Love 13 as well. Just like Is that you. right? Our eight in the AFC are identical. I'll read you mine real quick again. Patrick Mahomes. Yep. Josh Allen. Yep. Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, Trevor Lawrence, Tua, Lamar Jackson, and Stroud down in Houston, the rookie. Mm-hmm. I would 
And although I, I do go back and forth on Stroud. Okay, but now let's go to the NFC. I would take Jalen. Yeah, you know what? I, I want to follow up on Stroud. I, I, I was I had the same sentiments as you about him, but he's been phenomenal. He's I mean, I agree, Gary. He's you know, I think his yep. touchdown to interception ratio is like four to one or something like that. Yeah, it is twenty um, to five. Right, just an incredible rookie season. No doubt about it. And probably Gary with a, you know, a supporting cast that's even poorer than than Jordan loves and yes, and almost yes. as an experienced and you know now he lost one of his best wideouts last week but um let's go to the nfc uh, jalen hurts absolutely um i i take today and and we're and we're doing that more and just for the, just for today the, yeah the home, current, current we're, we're doing this for today and then we'll do one for five years down the road or, or who you'd want over the next five years uh, i guess i would take hurts over over love today i take dak prescott in dallas uh brock purdy's having a great year and then Gary, I put Jared Goff in as as the as the my fourth guy. Not Kyler Murray. I, I, I'm not a Murray guy. Never have been. Can't make it through a season. He's just too little. He gets beat around too much. Where Jordan Love hasn't missed a, a thing, Gary. But I even go back and forth on Goff against Love. I'm going to give Goff a, a slight nod, Gary, because he has played in a Super Bowl, and there's yeah, something to be absolutely. Said um, you know, just he, the experience that, factor, you know. Yep, he's had that playoff run. I mean, just I, and and I know he was dreadful that day in the thirteen three loss to New England when the Rams lost five years ago. I think it was Gary, whatever it was, to Belichick. But I'll I'll tell you what, Gary, just to take a team to the Super Bowl like Goff did a few years back is is remarkably impressive. So I have loved thirteenth in the league today, Gary. Uh, but I'll be honest. That needle is moving up. He could pass two, three of these guys here before the season is over. And and I'm Gary, when the year started, I wasn't sure what this guy's ceiling might be. And now we're starting to talk about him, his ceiling somewhere around the top ten. That's pretty good company to go live in to go live in. Oh, no question. You know, and projecting him down the road at the eight AFC quarterbacks I mentioned, I don't think the needle's gonna move much on any of those guys. I I think they're here to stay. But in the NFC, uh, you know, I had those four guys ahead of him, and I had Goff on the fringe. I, I had a question mark by him where you get, yeah. you gave him the nod. I said, nah, I'll go the other way. But my prediction is five years from now, you know, who knows what's going to happen in the upcoming drafts. So, you know, some star might emerge, you know, sure. Caleb William or whatever. But five years from now, based on what we have now, I think he's going to be the best of the group. I really do. I sound like Mike Holmgren. Every time Holmgren made a point that he wanted to make, he'd go, he really was, really did it, (laughs) just for emphasis. But I think in the NFC, he could develop into the best quarterback in that conference. He could. He's the same age as Jalen Hurts. And, boy, I'll tell you what, that general manager in Philadelphia is unbelievable in terms of surrounding Hurts. Yes. Incredible talent, right? Hey, Rob, uh, what, what if they put Brown on the Packers? Oh, my goodness. You right? know what I'm saying? Oh, I hear you, Gary. What if, what if, what if they put, you know, Swift on the Packers? Right? Or, or, if, or C.D. Lamb, you know, with, with Prescott, right? you know? What, what, an, what an incredible trade that was, right, for, yeah. for Philly to go get the running back last year in the draft. Okay, so, Gary, let, let's go. I'll start in the AFC again, and I, I'm with you. I, I, I think over the next five years – there's to me, you undoubtedly would want Mahomes, Allen, Herbert, Burrow, and Lawrence, at least as we do this today, over Jordan Love. 
I think those are five franchise quarterbacks. When I look at it, Gary, what Burrow was the first pick in the draft. Lawrence was the first pick in the draft, right? Allen and Herbert were top 10. Mahomes was 11. So, I mean, these are high, high, high level guys. Early picks, and they've lived up to the hype. They're, you know, you could argue Gary though. Those are the five best quarterbacks in football. Now I've got love over the next five years. I would take him over Tua, and wow. I would, and I would take him over Lamar Jackson. Yes, you know what? I, I, I'm with you on Lamar. I, I totally agree with that. And, and here's why, Gary, because Tua has the concussion history, and I, you know, we're talking four. You know, who do you want over the next five years? There are no promises. Now, there's no promises with anybody, right? In, in that league, your your career could be done in, you know, in in on the next snap. But when it comes to Tua Gary and that many concussions, I I don't know Gary that I see him playing football in 2028. No, those are valid valid concerns. And Lamar Jackson Gary, who's one of the you know the all time great runners in the league, it can end for you quickly. I mean, Michael Vick fell off the cliff in a hurry, and and Jackson is probably compared to Vick maybe more than any other player uh, because their games are so similar. Now Lamar Jackson Gary is really turned out to be a you know. He, well, he he he's an unbelievably dynamic player. You, when you, when you do the homework on him, Gary, I I think that what would surprise some people, even playing without great weapons, you know, he's completed sixty five percent of his career passes. Right, that's that's a really high number for a guy who takes up or has the rap of not being a great passer. Jackson's passing has gotten better and better, Gary. I again though, just when you rely on your legs as much as a guy like him. I just wonder, Gary, if if you know if he's around in 2028. So so I'm gonna I'm gonna put six guys in the AFC over over Jordan Love over the next five years. Again, Mahomes, Allen, Herbert, Burrow, Lawrence, and Stroud would be the six I would take, Gary. I, I'm with you in the NFC, although uh, largely Dak Prescott is 30, Goff is 29. You know, other guys, Gary, that might get consideration, a uh, Kirk Cousins, a uh, Matthew Stafford, they're both 35. Exactly. Yeah. That That's why I eliminated them right yep. away. Your guy, Kyler Murray, is, has gotten the crap beat out of him over, over the years. And again, he's a he's a little quarterback, kind of a kind of like the guy in Carolina right now, a little midget. I have I'm not big on midget quarterbacks, Gary. So there are two guys though in the NFC. I again Jalen Hurts, I think, is his needle is still pointing upward. He he's only getting better and better. He's three months older only than Jordan Love, Gary. Hurts is. So they're almost the same age. He's got more experience. He's been in the Super Bowl, et cetera. So they'd both be 30 when we get to the 2028 season. So I'll I'll take Hertz as my number one guy over the next five years, Gary, in the NFC. And 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 Gary, kind of the same. Thought process. Brock Purdy is 23. He's yeah. 23. Yeah. He's got the greatest offensive mind. I would maybe Andy Reid is close. Um, running the show. Excuse me. Kyle Shanahan, Gary is going nowhere. Um, if San Francisco is too smart to to dump him, or you know, even if they have a four and twelve kind of a season, Kyle Shanahan is so good. He's so smart, Gary. Brock Purdy. Gary Brock Purdy just seems to have a Joe Montana feel to him, doesn't he? he, he you know what? Uh, I, I that's a great observation. He to me, he's a systems quarterback, and he's been incredibly fortunate to be surrounded by great receivers. Kittle's probably the second best tight end in the league. McCaffrey, you can argue, is the best running back in the league. He's got excellent receiver. Debo is a hell of a player. 
and and Ayuk. You know, I mean, you're talking about four really high quality players, and I think he's the beneficiary of of that group. And then Gary, you got Bill Walsh pulling the strings, right? You've got the greatest offensive mind to me in the league in Kyle Shanahan. Yeah. Advising game plans for him week in and week out. You've got Bill Walsh 30 years later controlling things, you know, with the San Francisco offense, which is crazy, right? If And you're right, Gary. I mean, right now we can say he's a system quarterback. You know what's interesting, though? When Seattle was so good early on in the Russell Wilson years, they kept things really simple for Russell, and a lot of people said he's going to be a system quarterback, and he, you know, he's he's going to turn out to be a Hall of Fame quarterback. Those early Tom Brady years, Gary, when they relied on defense and special teams and the brilliance of Bill Belichick, everybody said Brady's going to be a system quarterback. Well, he wound up winning seven Super Bowls largely because he was yeah. such an incredibly unique talent himself. But it took some time to get to that level. This is only year two of Brock Purdy. By year five, by year seven, you might say Brock Purdy is more than good enough to go win football games on his own. And right now, he's the point guard for the arguably the best offense in football, right? He's the distributor right now to some incredibly unique talent, like you mentioned, around him with the running back and the core wide receivers and the and the outstanding tight end. And and let's not forget a, a, a top five offensive yeah, line. Yeah, I forgot about their offensive line, which is I probably mean, terrific you know. offensive line. And and Purdy's doing Gary just what he's asked, just what he's supposed to. But if you watch that guy, Gary, boy, he is incredibly accurate. His arm is better than anybody I think gave him credit for. He can make every throw, and he is smart as a whip. Kind of back to the initial point of this of this game, uh, ranking the NFC quarterbacks. You know, five years down the road, I'd go Hurts, Purdy, Love in terms of what I've seen here in the 2023 season. So again, even that we're having the conversation of Jordan Love, Gary, being in the top three, four, five, something like that over the next five years in the NFC tells you that Green Bay is not only in terrific position, terrific shape at the quarterback position, if the general manager plays his cards right, it should be a team that has a chance to win a Super Bowl. Yeah, I'm in agreement with you again. And I I think... The trap that Brian Gutekunst has to avoid is getting too comfortable with the guys he has at wide receiver and at running back. And uh, emotionally, he's, he's, he can't be attached to those guys because they need a big-time player to go with Jordan Love, whether it's a receiver or running back, somebody that can take the pressure off him because – you know, that, that's what they did for Purdy. Purdy doesn't have to carry that team. He's got so many weapons around him. And uh, I, I'm not sure if Green Bay has that big-time weapon now. Do you think they do? Like you and I have touched on, they don't have a C.D. Lamb, right? They, right. they, they don't they have, have a, a big-time receiver yet. They don't have a Jamar Chase, right? They, they, don't have a, they don't have a Travis Kelsey from two years ago. You know, the one thing that was – you know, Kelsey made some nice plays the other night, Gary, but it, but it, but it's clear he's slowing down a little bit. Uh, you know, for example, they don't have a Tyreek Hill like like Tua has. No, you're 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 not wrong. That doesn't mean they can't win a Super Bowl with four number two wide receivers, right? If if Dubs and Reed and and Watson and and whatever all turn out to be uh, at that level, you can go ahead and 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 win that way with a whole bunch of number twos. But obviously, it's easier, right? If 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 you're Troy Aikman throwing it to Michael Irvin, 
you know, or, you know, today your, your Dak Prescott throwing it to, to CD lamb or something like that. And you know, you can check Mark 11 catches for a buck 50 and two touchdowns from your number one wide receiver. Green Bay probably doesn't have that player. Christian Watson is emerging nicely, Gary, the, the second half of this season. And they're, and he's giving them, I think what, what they, what everybody expected Watson to give them the first six, eight games of the year. But Gary, I mean, we, we keep going back to this with Watson and you saw it on, on Sunday night against Kansas city. Can't make it through a football game, right? He leaves with the hamstring injury. He's probably not going to play this week against the New York giants, which will, I think it'll be the fifth game maybe this year that he's missed. He just, Gary, when he's 23 and he can't stay on the field, what makes you think he's going to stay on the field when he's 28, right? It, 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 It gets harder and harder and harder in that league. So no, Gary, I'm with you. I expect they'll have two new running backs next year. They'll use a high pick on a running back. You think they'll have two new running backs? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, both, both contracts are going to be up Gary. They they almost haven't had Aaron Jones this year. So Aaron Jones Jones is as good as gone Gary. I mean, the, you know, Aaron Jones has five games left in his green Bay Packer career, but I guess more if they make the playoffs, Uh, but no, Aaron Jones will be out the door, Gary. AJ Dillon has given them reason. I think to pause, I, I think after September, I would have told you without question, AJ Dillon would be in a different uniform next year. AJ Dillon, again, the numbers don't wow anybody. He's, he's four yards a carry, right? Three, eight, four, one, four, three, game after game, week after week. Never runs anything for more than 11 yards, Gary. He doesn't have a 27 yarder popped in there from, from time to time. He gets what's blocked. He runs a guy over and he gets an extra two yards. But, Gary, he is a hell of a December running back. And when the weather gets nasty and, and he's, he, he's, he's going to pay dividends here. I can promise you the last five games and um, certainly in the postseason as well. So he's got a chance, I think, to come back. They're going to have five of the top 90 draft picks when this, when the season ends, they're going to have their own three, got a couple from trades. One, obviously with the jets and Rogers, the other from Buffalo in the Rasul Douglas trade, Brian Gutekunst, Gary, if, if, if there's a running back that blows him away, Let's just say whatever like Gibbs did with the Lions or or Bijan Robinson, you know, with Atlanta. Does he move up and and take a guy like that at 10 or 12? Does he move up, Gary, and take the best wide receiver in the draft? And and all of a sudden now you come back next year with a wide out, for example. You got it number 10, and and you pair him with with Watson and Dobbs and Dontavian Wicks and and Reed. Oh my God, Gary, and and Musgrave. Yeah. Not, now, now you start talking, you've got something big time on that offensive side of the football. Gary, they're going to bring back most of these guys on defense, and could they use a little help? Sure. I mean, obviously, you always could, right? But, man, Gary, if if, if they go playmaker, uh, you know, skill position on offense first, and then left tackle second, I'm telling you, Gary, they could they could score 30 a game next year, and then a year, yeah. and then by 2025, yeah. You and I are talking, you know, you're saying, who is that guy to pair with Jordan Love? Then all of a sudden they have the 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 bonafide uh you know true number one wide receiver as he emerges or something like that in year two. That could be a really, really crazy good offense, Gary. Yeah, yeah. You know, getting back to Dylan, and that was lukewarm on him. I mean, from the day they they drafted him. I, I thought he was gonna be a nice running back with nothing special, but he could definitely help him going forward. 
Uh, as we saw against 49ers on that opening drive, he came out was strong and uh, gave him a running running game presence. And then when they uh, closed it out at the very end, he came up big again and uh, had a couple nice runs. So I would I would definitely attempt to bring him back, but not as the number one guy. I, I think that number one guy is going to be more of a multi-dimensional upgrade from Aaron, Aaron Jones. I mean, I, I love Aaron Jones, but let's face it, he, he's been besieged by injuries lately. But but Dylan, you know, if Dylan keeps playing like he has in recent weeks, I think he had like what seventy three yards against Forty ers something like that, and he had a seventy yard game maybe about three four weeks ago as well. If if that's the AJ Dylan that plays like that the rest of the year, he's going to help that offense tremendously. Again, I I agree with you, Gary. But it's kind of that three, four yards a crack, right? Three right, yards. Right, exactly. It's not. He is all, what he is, as they say. <laughs> right. It, it, it's not like some of these backs we watch around the league, right, Gary? The the McCaffreys, uh, you know, for example, in San Francisco. Down in Miami, they've got that crazy electric rookie, right? I, I, a, a, a Kane Ochni. I, I, I don't yeah, know exactly yeah. how to, how to yeah. say it. It's like, right. Get, get Gary. Every time Gibbs gets the ball in Detroit, you think he's going to go, don't you? I mean, he's such a remarkably unique uh, running back. Green Bay obviously doesn't have that with AJ Dillon. Like, like you said, it's, it's going to be 19 carries, 73 yards, 21 carries, 84 yards. He's going to be 3.9, 4.1. And, and his, and his long Gary is probably going to be 11, and is is he's gonna have three carries along the way for a yard or two that you know somebody doesn't block up right. He he doesn't get a whole lot of yards, um, you know, at that second and third level. Could could he help you down the road? Yeah, I wouldn't go four years though. Certainly, Gary, I'd go two. Yeah, at the yeah, most on, two or three on, yeah. on, on AJ Dillon. Just again because he is a battering ram, right? He gives it as much as he gets it, and he and he looks for contact. He looks for physicality. I, Gary, I, I don't know though. I I'm lukewarm. I, I think Dylan would love to come back. Gary, he's he's beloved in the state. He's Mister Door County. His endorsement opportunities undoubtedly would be greater in Wisconsin than than most other places. You know, he he could still be doing things ten years down the road post football where he's making a lot of money in in Sheboygan, Kenosha, Racine, wherever you know, doing stuff because he's remembered as a seven-year Green Bay Packer, something yeah. like that. So, no, I, I mean, to me, the, the only way he stays there is if he's willing to be the number two guy, you know? Well, and then you're going to have to draft one or sign one in free agency. Oh, no, no question. No question. When I talked about this, Gary, around Halloween, right, before Jonathan Taylor got his big contract. Yes, Jonathan exactly. Taylor would have been, Jonathan Taylor would have been the ideal guy moving forward with Jordan Love, you know, again, only year four of Jonathan Taylor. Now he just signed that big deal with the Colts. He's obviously not going anywhere, but Green Bay could use a running back like that, Gary, to pair, you know, to pair with uh, with Jordan Love. And then Gary, I mean, if, if that's the case, if you've got a top five running back on your roster, you've got a top 10 quarterback, which is about where Love is going to be. And then you've got all these young wide receivers, even if they are all a bunch of number twos, you're going to score a boatload of points and you can go ahead and win a Super Bowl that way. I, I have no question about that, but they do need Gary along the way to get either an absolute stud bonafide number one, you know, running back or that wide receiver who we, who we could say the same thing about. Yeah, no, no question about it. Hey, uh, moving along here, 
the Packer defense, we, we talked about it ad nauseum last week. Much to your delight. <laughs> Here we go again. The Joe Barry for, for governor talk. Yeah, you, you know how I won a golf outing last year with Mr. Barry? I mean, he's going to probably be my favorite all-time Packer coach. <laughs> oh, I, I know he is. <laughs> but you know what? Having said that, I'm not so sure Joe Barry's coming back next year. I, I just have a gut feeling he might not be back. And last well, contract, year, well, the contract is up, right? So, yep. I mean, last year, last year, I felt confident he would come back. I don't have that same feeling anymore. Yeah, and I don't know how you had that feeling last year because they were. Well, I, I, again, I mean, for a number of reasons, but but my but point it, is, uh, yeah. I, I don't think everything he and Lafleur are on the same page up there. I, I just get that distinct impression, and maybe well, tell me I'm, why, Gary. Huh? Why? Just some of the comments that Lafleur has made in in, in uh, press conferences. I mean, after Sunday's game, he was talking about the defense, how it was getting gashed up. They were in the wrong alignments, and, and he didn't specifically name Barry, but I interpreted it as veiled comments directed towards Barry. Okay, and may, maybe I, I, again, I could be way off on this. But um, I, I think that run defense is still a concern. Uh, I, I don't think it's the ultra indicator of a, a good defense by any stretch, but it is a concern. And uh, who knows? Maybe uh, Lafleur has somebody else in mind. But go, going back last year, I thought he was coming back this year. Uh, I have some question marks. They've been much better, obviously, this year. I, I would say this this is the best of Joe Barry's seasons, Gary, yeah. in, terms, in yeah. terms of the injuries that have hit and and what this unit is, has been able to do. So, you know, Gary, if Lafleur has brought him back in, in past seasons, and and I'm with you, Lafleur has taken a couple of uh, of little digs at Barry along the way, and, and he's expressed concern after various games about, about that run defense in, in the public. And, mm-hmm. um, and, and, and let's be honest, rightfully so. It's the one area they've never been able to get fixed or cleaned up on, under Joe Barry. But I'm with you. If you'd rather be great in one area than the other, you'd, be, you'd rather be great against the pass in, in today's NFL than, than the run. If, if somebody's going to hit you for 4.8 a carry through the course of a game, you can live with that. That's absolutely that's absolutely fine. You can't give up the explosive plays, right? Nine plays of twenty yards or more over the top, exactly. In the pass or or something like that on a on a given Sunday. You're not going to win, Gary. I, I'll be honest. I mean, I I think Barry's coming back, but what wouldn't shock me because he has been beaten up and scrutinized and and uh, kind of been used as a punching bag for the last couple of seasons by so many in the fan base. Maybe it turns out to be a Joe Barry decision that Joe Barry says, you know what? The grass might be greener with the Colts. Maybe, uh, you know, maybe I want to go work for whoever the new court, the new coaches with the LA chargers or, or whatever it is. And, and Joe Barry moves on, on Joe Barry's own doing rather than letting Matt LaFleur show him where the door is. So yeah. Um, hey Gary, any, anything's possible in this league. I think the defense has made strides. I think they're going in the right way. I think it benefits everybody if this this group stays together. We're talking about a Packer defense right now, Gary. You know that in 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 a number other than the turnovers, which they haven't forced enough of in most of these key statistical categories, scoring defense, uh, total defense, things like that. When you look at their last five games, what's coming up? 
Gary, right? Giants and 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 Panthers and Bears and Buccaneers and Vikings. Gary, Green Bay should end up in the top 10 in all of these kind of key categories. And and if they can do that, you know, bring back most of these guys next year, add to it a little bit in the draft because they're going to have a ton of draft picks, Gary. Um, I'm never going to tell you Green Bay is going to have a dominant defense because they fooled us too many times with that. But they are trending in the right direction. And and I'll say right now, Gary, 12, year, uh, 12 games into this season, Joe Barry has earned the right uh, to probably return in 2024. Yeah, no, I, I again, I'm I'm in total agreement with you. You know, talking about the dominant defense, last uh, Sunday night's game opened my eyebrows, eyebrows, eyelash, whatever. My eyes, how about that? There you um, go, buddy. We'll get it. Ten tries. <laughs> I feel like Giannis going to the free throw line. <laughs> wow, there we go. <laughs> but anyways, the guy that really, really made an impression on me that that game was Lucas Van Ness, their number one pick. And uh, he's been kind of a non-factor for most of the seasons, but he made several really nice plays. And I'm thinking, like, my goodness, if he develops the way they expect him to develop – and have him on one side and Rashawn Gary on the other side, Quay Walker in the middle, which which is another story. I wish they would use Quay Walker more as a pass rusher. Gary, I don't think he's strong enough to be honest to to get around some of these tackles. If yeah, but can... I mean, create holds for him. I mean, he's so athletic and fast and quick that he can get to the court. But my point is, if Van Ness develops like he you know should. My goodness, they, they could have a very formidable uh, pass rush there. And you didn't even mention Preston Smith, who should be back. I mean, they could. Well, that, could, that's what I wonder, if he, if he could, will be back. They could move on from him in a cost-cutting yeah. type of move. But, but Gary, they're going to get $60 million off the books in, in dead cap money. You know, so, I mean, money shouldn't be an issue now. Do they want to move on from some of these guys because they're 30, 31, 32? I expect they move on from Devondre Campbell, Gary, and probably go younger, for example, at, at that position. But yeah, I'll tell you what, Preston Smith has been a really good football player for them since he showed up in 2019. He has. Really consistent, Gary, top to bottom. And, and you know, a lot of these guys can lose it quickly. And Ron Wolf always said, get rid of a guy a year too early than a year too late. So maybe they do that on Smith and Campbell, Gary. I don't know. I, I guess I'd be surprised if they did it on both. If I had to pick, I think Campbell's probably gone. I think Smith comes back for at least one more year. And let's just work under that premise, Gary, just, just for the, the fun of this podcast. If it's Preston Smith, Rashawn Gary, Lucas Van Ness will be dramatically better in year two than he was in year one. And Kingsley Anigbari, who gives them 20 really good snaps, yeah, I'm a big fan of that guy. I think he's a really good football player. And and let's be honest, Gary, they'll probably take a guy somewhere in the draft because they take an outside linebacker every year yeah. and just and hope it works. And it's smart because yeah, that's why not. You can right. play I mean, on special teams at worst, you know. And honestly, if if you're listing the most important positions on a football team inside of that defense, Gary, right? It's it's outside linebacker and it's corner. So. You, you 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 have to be outstanding at those positions to have an outstanding defense uh, in terms of what Green Bay wants to do. So, no, Gary, I, I, I'm with you. If, if um, you know, Van Ness was really good against the Chiefs. I, I talked to him for a long time after the game. It's funny, Gary, 
I was asking him about the sack on Mahomes, and he said, I knew the play. And I said, yeah. how, I said, how did you know the play? And he said, well, I can't tell you everything he goes, but he, he said, obviously through studying. And then he said, I, I'm not going to tell you which guy on their line. I saw a guy and it was a sign and it was a tip off. And, and so I knew it was going to be a pass and I was able to get to Mahomes. blah, blah, blah. Well, you know, Gary, that the, the fact that that kid at 20 years old is studying that hard and he can see a tip off maybe from, from the left guard or the right tackle or whatever it turned out to be on that play lets you know that he's doing a lot of the right things to make sure. himself, uh, you know, ascend into being a, a really good football player. Gary, I, I know he hasn't been great this year, but he's, he's been every bit as good, if not better than Rashawn Gary was as a rookie. And we, we, we saw the, you know, ascension that Rashawn Gary's career took and what, and what type of player Rashawn Gary has turned out uh, to be here for the, for the green Bay Packers. If Van Ness can have a path even close to that, where over the next few years you're talking about the two dynamic guys on on that defense being those two outside linebackers, and then Preston Smith obviously still having a role, maybe not 55 snaps anymore, Gary, maybe 35 or 40. Yeah, that's a that's a pretty terrific trio that they can rotate in and out of there, Gary. That they would be absolutely thrilled moving forward with. Yeah, no, I, I could see them being a, a, a top six defense next year. I think if everything falls into place, but. Again, they got to stay healthy. I mean, you and I talked about this at length all year. Their their secondary was just just brutally ravaged by injuries. So I'll tell you what, though, Gary, you're you're not wrong because they're young all over the place, right? Demonte yeah. White second year, right? They got a couple rookies on that defensive line that that have had really really solid seasons. T.J. Slayton has has had a solid season. Kenny Clark has has slipped slightly, but he's still a really really good football player up front and and you know the way they they do business Gary they'll, they'll add they'll probably add a defensive lineman undoubtedly in the first three rounds the secondary is the key we hit a little bit on the safeties earlier and really Gary the, the key to probably everything is can Jair come back and can can Eric Stokes come back and 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 play at a pretty high level because if they can do that Gary what you've seen out of Valentine gives them you know who would have thought, Gary, after they traded Rasul Douglas, that cornerback would still turn out to be a position of relative strength with Jair being gone and, and them still getting absolutely nothing from Eric Stokes. The potential, Gary, the number of bodies floating around that could help them in the back right now is, is impressive. And, and again, we see it every year. Green Bay will take a corner pretty high. They do almost every single year. So now if you bring back Stokes and Alexander and Valentine and and even even Ballantyne, who's who's given him good good play. Don't get don't get me wrong. Keyshawn Nixon in the slot. And now Gary, you you add a corner in the draft. Yeah, that that that's a lot of talent to work with, whoever that defensive coordinator is. So yeah, I'm I, I'll never go as far as saying Green Bay is going to be a top five defense because it's been you know, back to <laughs> back to 09 or 2010 with Dom Capers since since that was the case, Gary. But they they do look like they should be a formidable unit down the road. Yeah, no no question about it. Hey, uh, before we wrap this up, I, I just want to talk briefly about the uh, Packers Giants game on Monday night. And uh, I don't know if you had time to look at the forecast for the game, but you know what the temperature is supposed to be Monday in the New York area. Uh, number one, I have not looked. Number two, I'm going to guess because the way you sold it right there. 12 degrees now go up 50 degrees oh it's gonna be warm 
62. Oh my lord. All right. <laughs> yeah. I mean that that was that was that, I mean if that holds up that's going to be unbelievable. Uh, even if it's, you know, two thirds of that Gary, that that's unbelievably gorgeous football weather for yeah. uh, what what would that be? December 10th, 11th, something yeah. like that. Yeah. Crazy. Ex- exactly. You know the Packers are six and a half point favorites. They, they should crush them. The other thing I was going to ask you, Rob, I'm not trying to put you on, on the spot here, but they played the uh, the Giants have played the Dallas Cowboys twice this year. Okay. Yep. How many combined points do you think the Cowboys have put up on the Giants? They've both been routes. I'm going to guess, and I think it probably could have been. I'll guess ninety. Man, oh man, you you'd win the jackpot today. Eighty nine points. Wow, that is crazy. <laughs> Two games. <laughs> it's like I I wonder if Mark uh Mike, uh Mike McCarthy got turned down for a job with the Giants or what. <laughs> I, I mean they they just clocked him. But anyways, uh by all indications the Packers should roll. I mean I know his name's Tommy DeVito. They could have Danny DeVito playing quarterback, and it, and it wouldn't matter. Although DeVito actually has been respectful the last two games. It was like 18 to 25 or 26 against the Commanders. But uh, nevertheless, Packers should should roll in this one. Yeah, totally agree. Gary, I, I think really a, a key to this is <laughs> I think having until Monday night, almost 36 hours different than say a noon Sunday game yes. will really help the Packers because it, it's very easy for green Bay to say, all right, you get 24 hours to celebrate that chiefs game. And then it's on to the next opponent. I'm telling you, Gary, that was one of those kind of wins that even 48 and 72 hours later, these young guys are still going to be on cloud nine about they're still going to be high five in each other. They're, they're still going to be dancing about that win. That was a pretty epic win the other night against Kansas City. It's it's mm-hmm. it's not every year, it's not every decade that, that, that you beat the defending world champs and the best player in the world. And I'm telling you, these young guys are just starting to have success, Gary. And, and right now, that was the pinnacle of it. So if they had to turn around, let's say, Gary, that, you know, they got caught up in their own you know, in, in their own hype and hysteria and read the headlines for two or three days. Now all of a sudden it's Wednesday afternoon and it's Thursday before you really got your mind right to start, you know, focusing on the giants and you got to play a noon game on Sunday. Then I think that game had a chance, Gary, to be close. I think the fact that we're talking seven 20 or whatever it is on a Monday night and green Bay has almost 36 extra hours to prepare for the giants than they would on a normal, normal Sunday when Tampa Bay is coming to town. I think that's a huge positive this week, Gary, for the Packers. It gives them longer to get their minds right, longer to get their bodies right, longer to get focused on the Giants. And I think once all those boxes are checked, Green Bay is better at almost every position on the field. They're ascending, they're trending in the right way. Um, They won't blow them out the way Dallas does because it seems Jerry and Mike McCarthy and and the whole gang in Dallas this year uh, really gets a kick out of routing people. Ask ask the Giants, right? Ask Washington. Ask some of these teams they've absolutely hammered and and beat the heck out of. I I think Dallas has like a plus 150 plus minus ratio right now, Gary. It's the highest in football. Uh, Green Bay's not going to beat the Giants quite like that, but I think it's a comfortable Monday night win, Gary, and if people want to 
you know, if people have to work at seven fifteen on a on on Tuesday morning, I I think late third quarter they can, <laughs> you can go to bed at halftime. <laughs> yep, I I think late third quarter when it's when it's twenty seven nine Green Bay, people can feel okay going to bed. Yeah, I mean the only thing, I mean this sounds ridiculous. I mean the Packers can't come yeah. in overconfident. You know they yep. they get they got to realize hey what they did against Forty ers was great, but hey this is the NFL. You know I mean it's it, it's cliche, but it's game by game. So hey, one other thing on the Giants, and this has kind of intrigued me. You know, when they drafted Barkley, Saquon Barkley, I really thought they had a franchise back, and, and he's had his good moments, but for the most part, he, to me, he's been a, a huge disappointment. I looked at his stats uh, for the season. You know how many touchdowns he scored this season? I, I, I hate to th- throw all these questions at you, but... It, no, just... I, I, lo- I love it, Gary. I could... Hey, Gary, hey, I'll, hey, I'll, hey. I'll, I'll, Gary, I'll tell you a funny story real, real quick, and I know we're up against the clock. The, 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 when you throw these questions at me, the, 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 this to me is a treat. But when, when, <laughs> when, when we take long family car trips and we've gone to Disney with the kids a number of times and stuff like that, um, and we've got 20 hours to kill in the car, my wife will do this and she'll, and, and God bless her, but she'll, she'll quiz me on things. Like she'll say, all right, I, let, let, let's go through all the Super Bowls. Can you give me the score of every Super Bowl? Is and, that right? And I can. I mean, I'll be honest. I can. <laughs> oh um, my lord! Because I'm an all-time dork, Gary, and numbers stay <laughs> in my head. Um, so she'll You're say, convincing whatever. me of that, Rob. <laughs> you know, she'll she'll say whatever, right? Super Bowl 31, and I'll say 35-21 Green Bay or whatever, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, we we can we can play that game all day. And and so when you play when you throw this at me, Gary, then no, that this is fun for me. Even even when the podcast ends, I might keep you on the phone and just have you keep <laughs> asking me questions like this. So, uh, so the question was what Barkley touchdowns? Yeah, Barkley touchdowns for the Are year. Are we talking both pass and catch? Uh, no, just just rushing. Yeah, just rushing. It can't be many. I I'm gonna guess two. Yeah, just one. I mean, this <laughs> one touchdown from you know their franchise player. You know. Yeah. And, yeah. and you think like you know, okay, the Packers have problems. Oh my lord! When your your best player, you know, scores one touchdown for you all year. Well, Gary, you remember, keep in mind too. Now, right? They've had ridiculous luck at quarterback. Jones is out for the year, and I think Gary, there was a stretch where they had eight or ten straight games where it was a different offensive line combination. Yeah, they were they were down to third stringers all over the place. So it's, it's not just Barkley, Gary, it's the people around him. You want to talk about a team not having a number one wide receiver. I mean, Gary, can you name me a wide receiver on the giants? Oh, I know. I know. Good luck. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The, the uh, rookie from Tennessee is their guy right now. And that, I mean, yeah, they're, that, I mean, they're, they're just, they're bad all over. So, I mean, if I'm a defensive coordinator scheming them up, Obviously, I, I devote eight to taking away Barkley and say let 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 one of these sixth round draft picks on the outside try to beat me, and and that's what Green Bay undoubtedly will do. If Green Bay can take away Barkley and I and they should Gary um, and keep him to three three and a half yards a carry, there there's nothing the Giants are going to be able to do. All right, I'll leave you with one more question. Are you ready? I'm ready. Will Aaron Rodgers be at the game? <laughs> Well, he loves a camera, doesn't he? Exactly. And then, and no one has more cameras than Sunday night or Monday night football, so it it, it would open the door for that. I'm gonna say no, Gary, largely because I'm not gonna lie to you here. There aren't many people 
in a Green Bay Packer uniform that would care to see her and Rodgers. Um, and I get it. If he's in a suite, it's totally different. And and maybe maybe he'd get his 90 seconds of, of camera time or 15 seconds by pregame shaking Jordan Love's hand and, and, and pretending he's saying something nice to him. But, Gary, nobody, nobody right now in that locker room misses Aaron Rodgers. They're all thrilled with the quarterback change. So I'm going to predict no, Gary. Yeah, I, I would think it's highly unlikely too, but uh, wouldn't, wouldn't that be crazy? Would be crazy. Again, you put nothing past old Aaron when the cameras are out. So precisely. But I, but I, but I will stick with my prediction to no. Well, Rob, uh, thanks for stopping by. It was great as always uh, chatting with you and throwing inane questions at you. But uh, you you handled them like a pro. And uh, <laughs> thanks again to our listeners. Take care and all the best. For more sports news, check back every Tuesday for our latest show. You can also follow Gary on Twitter at Gary Wuffle and WuffelsPressBox.com.